Welcome to another episode of More Than Dice. I'm Gonzo. I'm John. I'm Nerd. Welcome to episode 279. Wait, we're getting up there. We're some old folks. I thought it was going to be late. I walked by the TV downstairs and it, the music's coming on. I'm like, oh, fuck, I better hurry. Because <laughs> <laughs> Banyan's watching it on TV while he's finishing dinner. Oh, is he? <laughs> Hi, Banyan. Hi, Banyan. Fix dinner properly. Make sure it's seasoned properly. It's, it's a salad. Oh, it's a salad. <laughs> Make sure it's got good salad dressing then. It's got to have it. <laughs> he does white boy seasoning. Wow. Wow. Buttermilk Ranch. Buttermilk Ranch. Oh, white trash sauce. Crazy. <laughs> so, guys, uh, today's episode, we're going to talk about um, elevator pitching a game. Um, whether it's an RPG or a miniature game or anything else, and also help people will get back into a game that they've been out of for a bit. Because, uh, you know, with the convention scenes kicking back up really hard now, and people starting again, people are getting back into their games. They're like, oh, I used to play this. It looks really cool now. Uh, you know, you've had a new edition, so people are coming back. So we figured we would cover that uh, and how to give a good elevator pitch. Uh, John has always been uh talking about that and it's been a thing that he's told me is like give me an elevator pitch and it should be short sweet to want me to do it and there's a there's a right way and a wrong way to do it uh type thing and john's like the king of it so he will be heading up that conversation for the next 45 minutes before we do that let's go ahead and give a big shout out to all of our sponsors we want to thank parallel war games the makers of conquest uh they've got a bunch of new stuff coming out uh and they did some resculpts recently um to do some new changes to some models that look really good um, so check them out. You can get a discount for, uh, I think, 10% off your first order if you use more than dice. Uh, we want to thank Midnight Heroes. Can't wait to see them next week, or this week, uh, technically, uh, at Warfare Weekend, where they'll have a special edition miniature um, that you can get that is uh, strictly made for Warfare Weekend. Uh, we want to thank Creature Caster. Uh, they will be at Warfare Weekend also. Uh, and not only will they have all the Creature Caster models, but Judgment models, and we're getting special releases uh, this year they're going to be releasing at Warfare Weekend. Uh, two, di two different models, which can't wait to see. I'll be buying at least one of them uh, because it's just a cool... It's a cyborg with a top hat, and I can't wait to, <laughs> to pick him up. It's going to be kind of cool. Uh, okay. Do what? Okay. Yeah. Um, who else have I got? Muse on Minis. We're going to thank them for making sure to get our uh, channel out and to the masses and hosting out some of our things. Uh, make sure you say hi to them. They're going to be doing some more MCP uh, podcast streams. So you can check out that's, that's your thing um, and stuff. Also, if you are going to Warfare Weekend uh, this weekend, uh, make sure come and say hi to me. Um, I will be there. Captain Mizzy will be there, although a bit late. Uh, but uh, she will be. And um, we uh, just say hey. Tell me, tell me who you're chat name is so i know you know what it is I, hey don't tell me your name is frederick and i'm like frederick who tell me your chat name so i can you know properly know who you are or just tell me that you listen uh i appreciate it it's always nice to hear from people that listen to us either live or you know on all of our streaming sections but just introduce yourself as gonzo everyone just come up to him and introduce yourself as gonzo like, fuck perfect just like spartacus <laughs> Like, fuck, where's a lot of gonzos this weekend? 
So, and if you are, please come and have, have a good time. We got a lot of stuff going on, uh, a lot of cool little things happening. We actually, um, we actually have um, a new attendance record this year, and uh, it's going to be pretty good. Um, largest amount we've had at Warfare Weekend this year. I'm sure some people are not going to show, but per the badge results right now, it's the largest amount of badges we've ever had, which I'm kind of excited. Captain awesome. Mizzy will need hugs Friday night. Captain Mizzy, um, just so you know, she got a new job, and she wasn't able to take off Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, so she'll be coming in Friday night, um, and then so on and so forth, and having a good time. So she's just coming in late. She'll miss some of the time. She'll miss setup, which I'm sure is she. She's not going to argue about that oh. setting up. <laughs> yeah, setting oh, no. up, <laughs> setting up the convention. Um, but that'll be there. Um, I got everybody, didn't I? He got started rambling a bit. Oh, wait a minute. River dark. Boom. Um, oh, hold on. <laughs> also, I'm, I'm not sure if you got Turbo Dork or not. Oh, Turbo Dork. Um, make sure you check out Turbo Dork. Uh, they will have their new palettes and up there, and um, also their metallic and turbo shifting paints. Um, make sure you check them out. Uh, they weren't able to make Warfare Weekend, but they did give uh, some uh, VIG items, so it'll be kind of cool type stuff. Um, okay. Didn't miss anybody. So let's get to the business before we get to something else. John, what are you drinking tonight? Uh, well, I have a gin gin mule. Okay, what is a gin gin mule? It's uh, gin and ginger beer. It's oh. basically a mule just without vodka or whatever. You use gin as the alcohol, the spirit okay. of choice. Gotcha. Does it still have the lime and simple syrup? Yes. Yes, okay. that is in honor of Kathy, since it would have been her birthday today. Yep. Aww. Uh, nerd? Uh, I am going non-alcoholic with just some blackberry bubbly. Blackberry bubbly? Uh, I am actually going um, non-alcoholic tonight, drinking a bunch of water, um, because I know I'm going to need some good hydration this week. <laughs> uh, so I'm starting early. Um, and before we give our cheers out, we need to give our shout outs for the week. Uh, we actually have quite a few. Uh, I'm going to go off with one right now. Uh, this was our friend Kathy's birthday today. And I wore my Papa Nurgle needs a hug t-shirt just in, you know, in, in, in solidarity and, you know, everything for her. Um, so we miss her and give her a good happy birthday. Um, I've got, I've got my Kathy mini. Kathy mini <laughs> type stuff. So, um, we did have uh, some people pass away, um, and actually some, what was it, uh, oh, I can't remember the guy's name, but I knew everybody knows him as Bull. Richard Mill. Richard Mill. Yeah. Uh, Slan was... Quint from the first episode of Highlander of the series. Yep. Yeah! And when everyone knew him as Bull, it was a great change of pace for him. He was a fun villain to watch on screen. Yes. It was good to see him do something that wasn't just Bull. I mean, Bulls, whatever, knows him for. And also, it's very sad when you realize that Night Court of the main cast, there's really only two left, which is... Yeah. Yeah, that's rough. And not yeah. all of them were that old. It's, it's yeah. And then uh, Matthew Perry um, uh, from Apparent Drowning in his jacuzzi slash hot tub or whatever it was. 
Uh, and he was not very old either. Um, no. They're not. They haven't said exact details of why it happened and stuff. I, but. I've heard someone on on Facebook say it was cardiac arrest in there, and then yeah, you know, possibly drowned inside it. Yeah, yeah, nah, yeah. just nothing it's, set yeah. in stone. No. Um, do we have anybody else? Um, well, I have. As much as I hate to say it, I have another local friend who passed uh, just yesterday. Uh, Sarah, she. Uh, she was uh, just a role player and played some War Machine with us. Mostly the role playing. She did some War Machine just because her boyfriend and husband, John, uh, was as well. Um, she had an infection that spread to her liver and then she died from complications related to that. Oof. It's. She was very young. Yep. She was in her uh, mid-30s, so it's... Can't take this shit anymore. Um, I do have to do a shout out to uh, Baney on salad because he put Thousand Island dressing on it. And uh, yeah, that's not good. (laughs) What's wrong with Thousand Island dressing? Good enough for a Big Mac. Good enough for salad, sir. (laughs) (laughs) You know, I can't even I can't even eat Thousand Island dressing anymore. It's just just. (sighs) I can't only on a Reuben. I can't do it at all. Good enough for a Reuben. Good enough for a salad. (laughs) So guys, well, basically the same thing. Reuben salad is the same just, thing, right? Yeah, it just right? it's the same. Food. It's food. It's, yeah, it goes in your it goes in your mouth hole. Yep, boom. <laughs> the thousand island goes in your mouth hole, just not straight. Okay, no. <laughs> we, used, we used to do the McDonald's as a thing. Shots of thousand island. No, it's not. No. Oh, oh, that hurt, that pains me to even think about. <laughs> <laughs> well, you didn't have to do it. Yeah. So, guys, as usual, um, we appreciate you listening and watching no matter where you are and what you're doing. Um, we have a few things we will be posting if you are a subscriber to the channel, uh, either here or on Patreon. I will be posting up our first episode uh, that we have of Pass the Paint Water. That'll be our thing since we will not be streaming next weekend because we coming back from Warfare Weekend. Um. Ooh. As usual, if you see something, say something. If you can do something, do something. If you can't, find someone that will. And if you hear something, same thing. Get something and get someone involved. Um, cheers, everyone. Cheers. Cheers. Oh shit! Damn. Look, he's he's still watching on the TV downstairs, so he can't get in the chat. So I have to share. I have to share his love with all of you. Yeah, he, I don't want to suffer through it by myself. Yeah, he he sent me a message Thank saying you. hi, and it was Thousand Island dressing. He says his stomach has been acting up all day, so light dinner. Always take care of yourself, but you uh, Thousand Island dressing. Yeah. Negative. Wait, do you see my dessert? Wait, actually, show you my dessert. Hold what do you got? What do you got? What do you got? Nerd, Nerd candy, candy corn. corn. <laughs> <laughs> uh, let me go and get the camera started, set it up. I turn that baby on. And there it comes on. And what's going to switch to the media section? Or the paint section, I should say, not media section. Uh, it's a little early for that, sir. 
Well, maybe I'm just a little eager to speak about what I've got today. Hold on, but I believe with Nerd as my witness, you said, I didn't watch a lot this week. I didn't watch a lot this week. Well, then we can't start the media section now. No. But I didn't, but I just didn't watch a lot this week. Oh, excuse me. The inflection makes me realize that that's bullshit. Okay, so the things I watched this week, I'll give you a count. <gasps> All the badges are done. Good job, Mizzy. Woohoo. Hey, Mizzy. We One. all know Orchestrian Weekend would fail without Mizzy. We're proud of you. I only have five things that I watched this weekend or this oh, week. Didn't watch a lot. Yeah. Only five. Only five. Okay, so Captain Mizzy says all the badges are done. That includes the writing on the envelope, merchandise, size, all that good stuff. Like 100% complete, not just cut up. Wow. He's going to hardcore music. I think you need to kick him in the ding-ding next time you see him. <laughs> it's okay. I got your back. Kick him in the ding-ding. He sounds like he deserves it. Good ding-ding kick at it. Good ding-ding kick. Hey. I was just curious because I know that was – so when, whenever they – I sent them all the badges up to printing of, I don't know, like Wednesday of last week. And so I know that they've got to uh, – we've, got, we've gotten more in, but I'll print those up and we'll do those, you know, locally type thing. Probably on the drive up there so we can get that all taken care of. Well, Missy, share our thanks with Erica as well. Actually, you could both kick Gonzo in the ding ding if you want. Either <laughs> same time or one after the other. Either one's fine. Though I would like video for posterity. <laughs> so I've probably told this story before, but anytime I hear ding ding, uh, I. I, when I used to perform at Renaissance Fair for stage combat, there was definitely a lot of jokes made about kicking guys in the groin or a hit in the groin or anything like that. And one of our shows, just this little girl from underneath a picnic table just yells, kick him in the ding ding. <laughs> oh, see, the best part about that is it's all super funny until it happens to you. That is not really funny yeah. at all. No. I once caught a Frisbee. because So we're at our gaming club. But since it was nice out, rather than playing war games, we went out on the college parking lot, that whole big green area, and we just mm -hmm. were playing Frisbee with each other. So I caught a Frisbee, but it was kind of wet, so I slid. And then right between the legs went the sign for handicap parking or something. So it's just shablang. And they they laugh for a long time. I, I just lay there for a bit, you know, get my shit together. <laughs> yeah. But I caught it. The record. You got it. I did not drop it. I did fling it halfway across the parking lot afterwards because I wanted some time to lie there and, you know, collect my thoughts. All right, so. What's the topic again, So we're going to talk about um, elevator pitch and getting people back into games. So the one thing that happened, is, so I was working on, um, you know, the Avatar game that I'm running at Warfare Weekend, I'm running a little mm -hmm. Avatar RPG. And um, it's just simple. You know, it's like a four-hour game session. 
Um, had to build the characters, make sure I got the rules right. You know, not perfect on it, but you know, hey, we're there just to have fun and you know, roll some dice and do cool avatar shit. Um, but to, to bend some elements, to bend some elements, which we all have four benders and one uh, person that is not a bender. Well, you know, it's a good thing that it's a uh, avatar role playing game, not a Futurama bit role playing game, then. Benders, come on, yeah. it's a joke. Uh, Nothing, fuck, it's a tough crowd tonight, folks. Tough crowd. I'm just low on the uptick. I'm sorry. Gonzo doesn't have a sense of humor. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, Captain Busy Crickets. Jesus. Yeah. Um, it but... really hurt my game. You guys keep this up. Wah, wah, wah. If you're expecting good jokes, you are completely in the wrong podcast <laughs> Just for the record. But I was looking at it and I was like, some games kind of sell themselves. Now, because of, you know, licensing and everything. Like, yeah. if I tell Licensed you, hey. games can sell themselves. Yeah. So I'll go, hey, I want to run a Avatar The Last Airbender RPG. That's a pretty, that, that, you're that's done. That's an elevator pitch. Yeah. Then you can go, hey, what time period or, you know, then you can get into the minutia of where it's going or what it's doing type thing. Well, so technically speaking, you would include that in the elevator pitch. Correct. Because it's important. Like, I could say I'm going to run a role-playing game. That's a Robotech role-playing game. Oh, cool. No, 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 no. I got to let you know which era it's taking place in. Yes. Because otherwise, you'd be thinking it's going to be Macross, and I fucking choose Invid Invasion. You're like, I was not expecting this at all. I would love to do an Invid Invasion. It's the best one. Can for role-playing. Can, can, can I be a Cyclone writer? I mean, pretty much everyone rides a Cyclone, except for Lunk. That was my favorite part of the cycling riders. Was... Yes, because it was the 80s and motorcycles. Yes. That transformed <laughs> as armor for your body. I... Look, you don't tell me. The only thing that would make those coolers is a fucking katana. <laughs> Until you realize that Lancers, those fucking big things that he never actually used, are fucking blades on the front of his cyclone. And then you're like, I'm fucking in. Give me that one. Yeah. Sorry. Proceed. But that was, I mean, that's the point is you giving an elevator pitch to an already licensed product kind of just sells it itself. It's pretty easy. But again, like we just said, you can fall into the trap of going, oh, hey, I'm going to run Star Wars. I'm in. Well, you, you hold on. There is a large time period of Star Wars, even if you're sticking with basic published stuff, even if you're sticking just in the role playing games, there are three different Star Wars role playing games that are kind of currently in print. Yeah. FFG is weird like that because they have, you know, the, 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 uh, the, the three different versions and you need to know which one it is. So you can be sure like, Oh, am I going to be a Jedi or not a Jedi? Cause sometimes that's, it's not so much that it's a deal breaker for people. It's that you want to manage expectations. Yes. Are because there going to be Jedi expecting and Sith? something? Yeah. If they're expecting something that doesn't show up, that's a problem. For example, if you play Dungeons and Dragons and your elevator pitch doesn't tell people when you have neither dungeons nor dragons, people will probably be a little bit upset. <laughs> At that point, you said we're going to play a fantasy role-playing game using the Dungeons and Dragons rules. That's different. Which edition? Yeah. Who fucking cares? That's not actually <laughs> important. 
So here's the thing I'll say is actually to some people, the rules, which rule set might be important. I actually don't feel like that actually matters at all in an elevator pitch. It shouldn't. That's just numbers. I've learned to an extent, it doesn't fucking matter how good the rules are. I think I've said this in a previous cast or, or any of that. The players in the GM will make a game fun or not fun, regardless of the rules. So really more important is you want to know the setting and tone. There's actually some games actually have sheets you write down what the setting and tone is. Uh, old, uh, here's some champions, actually champions, the big, mm. blue, big blue book, fourth edition, actually had a sheet for game masters to photocopy and be like, hey, what tone is it going to be? Episodic versus serial. There's a bunch of stuff. Now, granted, that's a step above sort of elevator pitch, but some of those things are important to note. Very much. In fact, if the game has one, you could print that out nowadays because, you know, printing rather than photocopying and fill it out and go like, here's my idea. And people could uh, talk about it. You don't necessarily want to be set in your elevator pitch either. Some people might have some good ideas you want to put in there. Or sometimes they want to have ideas that are going to make you reinvent the wheel. And someone's told you, don't fucking reinvent the wheel. Let's just fucking play somebody. Play something. You know. You know, it's a fine line of listening to your people. You should throw your elevator pitch out there and then let them comment on it. Yeah, Banyan says, it doesn't matter which version I'm in. Like, Banyan, I don't think it matters what role-playing game I'm playing you're in. Unless it's the one where you play uh, uh, sentient animals for D&D, then he's out. You didn't want to play a pug paladin? Pug paladin. I love the alliteration. <laughs> Yeah, so I'm out. Told you. <laughs> Which is funny because he's out for that, but when we get Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles in, he's in for that. I don't understand <laughs> it. Welcome to the complex world of Banyan. Anyways, so your elevator pitch should definitely include all the details you want. If you don't have a game system, you don't care about the game systems, because sometimes the game system isn't important, it's the setting. Like, hey, guys, I want to do a fantasy game that's sort of high fantasy, you know, uh, Lord of the Rings style, not the Lord of the Rings, you know, you know, epic adventure type of thing. That's that's a great elevator pitch. Like, I know what I'm expecting. I'm expecting, you know, high stakes, you know, lots of magic and stuff, you know, us, you know, saving the world type of stuff in a fantasy setting. Can it be a Nankant Ninja? Uh, well... No. Anyways. Um, so that, that that gives people an expectation of what it is. The game system, they, they don't know yet, but that's sometimes you don't really care. Sometimes it's not important. Sometimes it is important, you don't have to say, you know. But a lot of groups will just say, hey, we're going to play D&D, which in and of itself is sort of an elevator pitch. It's just not, in my opinion, a very good one. Because... Sure, might people know what you're gonna do by D and D, but you don't really know what they're doing. Yeah, I'm Kent Ninja, and I'll be the bug pirate. Oh my gosh! Okay, it's the alliteration adventurers. That's probably much more of a D and D thing, Captain Mizzy, much less TMNT. Anyways, so you you want you want to say that you want to include any and all pertinent information, like if there's something crazy, like. 
If you're playing D and D Animal Adventurers, Siamese. There you go. If you're playing D and D, if you're playing the D and D, uh, you know, Animal Adventurers, you want to be like, all right, we're gonna play D and D, but you're all gonna be awakened animals, not people. That's that's a sound. That's a, that's an elevator pitch. Yep. Um, now, the in that elevator pitch, you're gonna note that. You didn't say what type of D&D, so they're going to assume standard out-of-the-box D&D, the only difference being that you're animals instead of whatever. Which is fine. I mean, some games have become such an institution. Okay, D&D has become such an institution that you sort of know what people mean when they say they're going to play D&D. Nothing wrong with that. Though you would want to be more specific, potentially. Homebrew World versus Forgotten Realms versus Greyhawk versus whatever setting. Um, these are all things, and, and sometimes you're not going to remember it in your elevator pitch, and they're going to ask it, and you'll tell them later, which is fine. You just want to make sure the elevator pitch includes the basic ideas. Like, I know Nerds games are all, her elevator pitches are all quick and, you know, here's the idea, we're going to go from there. Yeah. What's your recent one, Nerd? Oh, man. Uh, uh, the last one we did was Oops All Edgelords. There you go. Sometimes it's that easy. Yeah. What's the one you're doing now? What's the elevator pitch for the one you're doing now that, like, Captain Mitzi is on and everything? Oh, 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 oh. Uh, low magic setting, uh, two factions, uh, playing simultaneously, essentially, uh, on alternating weeks. Um, uh, one one group are like the Judge Dreads of the world, the like the investigators, inquisitors that work for the Crown. The other is a like grassroots uh, magic wielder resistance. It's a world in which magic is illegal to anyone that's not government or nobility. So, yeah. There you go. Quick and easy. Gave you the idea. Mm-hmm. Covered all the bases. That's what you need to do when you do it. And sometimes it's easier than that. I mean, you know, like I said, you can say, all right, we're going to do Gonzo, we're going to do Robotech uh, Invasion. He knows what he's, he immediately knows what it is. Now, you might have to explain to other players who are like, well, I'm not really familiar with Robotech. What does that mean? You know, well, that means the aliens have invaded and taken over planet and you guys are a military or quasi-military unit heading to sort of kick them the fuck off. You know, though, honestly, in that one, I'd be like, let me show you the first episode. Sometimes you can be like, hey, let's show someone the first episode of a media that gives them the idea. Like when my buddy uh, uh, Mike Serbrook ran a Japanese, feudal Japanese game, I'm like, well, what are we looking at here? We, we watched The Seven Samurai. I'm like, well, there's the elevator pitch, The Seven Samurai. It's a long one, you know, being a three hour long elevator pitch, but <laughs> it was a good one. Elevator pitch. Yeah. Yeah. Sometimes that's what it is, you know? Now, obviously, you could explain it, Feudal Japan, blah, 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 but sometimes a movie gives the exact feel of what you're looking for, and that's a good elevator pitch. And and you know what? Giving people, like, movies or comics or graphic novels or stuff to look at as an example is really good. Mm-hmm. Because some people are like, okay, it's a samurai, but what do you mean? I mean, yeah, some people, like, have romanticized thoughts of what it is and don't necessarily mean doesn't mean to them the same thing it means to you yeah 
Yeah, the, the, the other pitch is a fine art of being as precise as you can in as few words as possible. The idea being, if you only had an elevator ride with somebody to sell them on it, what would you say? Yeah. What can you sum up in a few sentences? Yes. Yeah, well, sometimes you're expecting them to understand pop culture. Not out of hand under, to expect people to understand pop culture. Like if I say, hey, Banyan, we're going to play G.I. Joe. I don't really shouldn't really say anything else. He has an idea of what it is. I might specify more comic style than cartoon style. Cause I people understand the cartoon style and it was a little, I mean, cartoony. What? Yes. Funny that a cartoon was cartoony. You're way out of focus with that. Yeah. Well, it's kind of, there's, uh, there's like little bitty dots that are right on the top of this. I'm trying to get to. So. Just letting you know. Yeah. That was just a little hard to, yeah, all right, okay. Been there, done that. Who let Mizzy play with fire? Uh, I believe it was you. Probably. <laughs> but yeah, so like sometimes it can be that. Or, you know, when uh, Bowie is going to run his Transformers game. It's Transformers. Now, obviously, you can throw some more. You know, what era is it in? You know, what's the idea? Is it Bayformers? Please, God, no. Is it like cartoon? Is it cartoon before or after Transformers the movie? You know, there's a lot of little things you can go when you get deep into it. Any any particular pop culture thing has levels like that. I would say one of the few exceptions are things that didn't get the full shake, like Firefly. If you say you're playing Firefly, I genuinely assume you're playing in that universe in a similar fashion, but not as the actual main characters. But it'd be a good note, because maybe he wants you to play the main characters. Yeah, maybe I think you... that would be difficult. Because um, we can't necessarily be as witty as some of the main characters. But. <laughs> Thermaturgy? Yeah. Wouldn't have... So. Um, so, what would be a bad elevator pitch? <laughs> If you're going to say, give me an elevator pitch, and you're like, hey, I want to play, what would well, be a we, really, We sort of went over those, saying, like, we're going to play Robotech, but not telling them what era. Okay. Hey, we're going to play Star Wars, but not what era. We're going to play Star Trek, but not what era. Another bad elevator pitch is, hey, we're going to play Dragonlance. Why would you do that? <laughs> I and, love Dragonlance. I would not role-play in Dragonlance. If, if I were going to role-play in Dragonlance, it would have to be, like... <laughs> Very but, but it, future. and Kenders are your best friend. No, no, I have no problem with the concept of it. It's just that either you play far enough forward that none of the stuff that makes Dragonlance Dragonlance really matters as much. Okay. Or you play during the war the 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 war lance and it's difficult to have a big effect on things because the heroes do all the big things. Gotcha. It's it's the it's the Star Wars disease. Yeah. Like you can play Star Wars, but at a certain point you have to realize that you're not doing the big things because the heroes did the big things. You don't want to try and insert the characters into a movie because you know like we did one where we were in on Echo Base, you know, when the Imperials invaded, and it was just not interesting because there's nowhere to go with that, you know? 
We know what happens there. We know we don't matter in the overall defense of the base or any of that because they overrun it. It's now if the GM says, "Hey, we're going to be playing Star Wars, but you could change up the the story and the history," and Luke and Leia and blah I mean, blah blah don't yeah, exist, or I mean, honestly, the whole after you know after Return of the Jedi up to their trilogy is wide open for lots of things. The Empire is still a fucking threat. Just playing in the right era. You can play pre-Battle of Yavin, or you can play post, uh, uh, you know, Battle of Endor. Either of those will work. You just have to be really careful what you're doing. Playing in any sort of set timeline is potentially a fucking trap. Depending on how the game is. It's not as big of a deal for something like a Star Trek because you don't expect to be involved. You could have been involved in any of those big battles and done your own little part, but it's unlikely to be the focus of the game. You know, you, you could play any of those parts, but it, you, it requires a higher level of GM skill and planning than most of us want to put out. Yeah. Um, yeah but basically, the only bad elevator pitch is one where you don't give them necessary information. Like saying, oh, hey, we're going to play a fantasy game using D&D, but not tell them they're going to be low magic. It's an important yeah. note. Yeah. You know, any of the core things were like, we're going to play any game, but you don't tell them that you plan on it being uh, episodic instead of serial, where you plan on a brief thing, finish it, and then everything sort of starts fresh. Like old school, you know... Uh, episodic TV, you know, any of the old Saturday morning cartoons and all. Aside from the brief miniseries, everything else is resolved in an episode. Uh, the reasons those are difficult are bad because you have different expectations for character development in a game like that. I.e. there shouldn't be much. Yeah, I mean, the thing about playing in a IP is the IP. Yeah. You want to step on the toes? at the same time, yeah. Yeah. Are you, are you going to say, hey, we're going to play in the, if we're playing Avatar Last Airbender, during the original series, but Aang is never found. Okay, then we're, you know, a whole different thing that Avatar never found. So you're just changing it up. But if you're saying, hey, we're playing this and Avatar Aang is real and he's, taking part in doing stuff. Well, okay. What's the kind of point? We know how this ends. Yeah. You can sort of got to figure out what the, what the PCs are going to be doing in that case. Yes. That's important to note is if you have anything based off an IP, what are the PCs going to do? Cause they want to affect the world and the story. Yeah. Um, the best example I can see for sort of that idea um, is Dragonlance, I think I've said this one before, is they mentioned briefly between book one and book two of Chronicles how they found the hammer, someone found the hammer of, how they found the hammer of Karas, but they never state what happened. And one of the authors put a book between those two where the characters they created basically found stuff related to stuff that was for the hammer of Karas that was given to the, the companion so they could find it. And that's how you do it well. They're not expecting a long sitting campaign. They're expecting a short. And honestly, if you're going to play in any world 
that has a set timeline, you might want to make it a short campaign rather than a super long campaign. Or do something very in the far future that, you know, yeah, I mean, you could do set. that. All of those have eras where the bad guys are still a threat, but the the main point is done. Even Dragonlance post uh, uh, book three of the Chronicles, there's still the dragon army. There's still a threat. It's not like they were immediately defeated. I mean, hell, that's why I said post Return of the Jedi, Return of the Jedi, Battle of Endor. Like, yeah, a lot of the Empire best ships and pilots died there, but they were still a fucking threat. Look at how it's going in... Uh, Mandalorian, the Empire shows up with not even like a big, big ship, and they're a fucking threat. That's uh, that's important, you know. But you, but they require a lot more thinking of how you're going to fit them in. And I will say this: one of my buddies is a really good GM, but he's made a couple mistakes over the years, and some of them are putting us in, trying to put us in something like historical events. For the for you know you know Star Wars or whatever, and it gives the wrong expectation and sets a very wrong tone. But that's not really elevator pitch. But you want to think about that as you're giving your elevator pitch. Like example, when I ran uh, Invid Invasion for Robotech for my buddy, um, it was not in the U.S., so we didn't you know or North America, so we didn't have to worry about encountering the. Uh, yes the heroes that in the, in the TV series at all, we were in a totally different thing where there are still more bad guys to take care of, but you know, it, there's no chance of interacting. There's no chance of us crossing things. It'd all be their own thing leading up to what it is, but it's just a little bit of work to get that uh, set up properly. It's just sort of in your case, managing to know what work you need to make something like that. I don't work. My pestilence guy is almost done. Gee. I see. I see. They're getting there. Where's my Agrather shade? Oh, down the bottle. <laughs> I guess I didn't have one out yet. So, to part two of our topic is how to get people back into a game. Which, you know, is vaguely elevator pitchy and like if you need to remind them what the game is, but I assume back into a game means they've played the game before. Correct. Yeah. Um, it's a little more than the elevator pitch because you got you really got to sell it. You're not giving them brief. You would be like, they'd be like, well, why would I get back into Warhammer 40K? Well, I mean, rules have changed. They got all this stuff coming out. Look at this balance they got. Look at all these cool models and everything. I mean, you really have to sell it at that point. It's a lot more difficult than just an elevator pitch. Um, I mean, some of it's just an elevator pitch. Hey, you know, Battletech's back. They got lots of stuff coming out. It's a good time to get back in. Sometimes that's enough. You know, look at how good these models are, and they're pretty cheap. You know, you just got to... It's almost like an elevator pitch. You just got to get the selling points. It's, it's, it's like selling something. Yeah, like, you know? what's changed? Because if it's them. the same thing, I'm not really in. Yes. That is, to uh, go off my favorite whipping point, I mean, nothing personal against them, Privateer Press, War Machine's a tough sell. Hey, you probably can't use any of your models you used to have. 
Which you actually can. I know. But only in limited armies, you know. You have to make... That's the one thing you want to make sure you're doing right, is you're telling them, oh, oh yeah, yeah, you can use your old models. Make sure you're like, you can use your own models, but it's not like it used to be... There's a set army for some of those models. They'll be broken up in different ways and all. But yes, you can definitely use some of the models you used to have. Yes, and and that's a, yeah. that should be part of what you're saying to this person whenever. Yeah, you're you're saying, hey, we're getting back into it. Why? Like, you can still use your stuff, but there's X, Y, and Z. Oh, you got to be you got to be a hundred percent on the level with them, you know. Like, uh, yeah, you can do it, but you're not going to get any new models. Correct. Your army is yeah. complete. Yeah. It's an important note because, I mean, buying new models is fun. But the key is, is not was to sell it ethically, not not to just sell it. Yeah. You know, everyone knows they've heard the stories of those, those salesmen who are just fucking terrible, like anything for a sale. That's not what you want. You actually want to tell them the actual benefits to let them know you want to be real with it. I think that's the best part about any of those, just being real and letting them know. Uh, real, real. Well, you want to let them know what it is. I mean, you, you just can't be disingenuous about it. Yeah. Cause they'll find out then they're not going to play and they'll be pissed at you. Yeah. <laughs> that's true. You know, someone's like, oh, I want to play Battled again. Cool, yeah, you can play Battled again. Um, the rules have not really appreciably changed in 25 years. There's some add-on things here or there, but for the most part, the rules are almost exactly the same. Is that a benefit or is that a penalty? Well, you got to make that decision for yourself. But, you know, you'd say the, the good points, like, oh, they got new stuff coming out. They got a lot more advanced rules. You know, the timeline's advanced, so there's a whole bunch of different errors clearly defined and look at these new models coming out they're really cost effective as far as money goes yes you know sell the selling points you know, marvel crisis protocol how would you get someone back in well i mean if someone's out like gonzo how would you get gonzo back in well gonzo maybe they got that favorite character that you love that, that never came out which i guess is technically deadpool or whatever but they, they nope. had him when you were there nope nightcrawler uh, well, he's coming out. Yep, I will probably just buy just that just for Nightcrawler. <laughs> well, that's how, that's how you get somebody, you know? Yep. You, you, you know what they want in a game and see if they want to play it. I mean, sometimes they don't. It's okay. Will I play the game? There was no, a... likely not, but will I at least buy Nightcrawler? Yes, because he's my favorite fucking X-Men. Is this fair? But, you know, for getting back into a game, you know, maybe Gonzo goes, okay, John, I got Nightcrawler. Are the X-Men any good? Can I should, I should I try and use them in a different thing? Then, you know, you just start looking. Like, oh, no, you know, hey, there's this cool leader for this, you know, this uh, faction where Nightcrawler fits in perfectly. He can get all these cool bonuses. You're going to love it. Then, yeah, I might look into it. Yeah, exactly. You, you might be, you know, that's how you sell somebody. Like, hey, this person's going to work well with that because of synergies. But you, you really have to, to get into it and sell it. You know, how do you get people into D&D 1? Is that what it's called, D&D 1? Yeah, Something the new like one that. coming out. One D&D. Yeah. Sure. 
Something like that. It really is D&D 6, but... Yeah. Is, you know, you, you talk about it to your knowledge. My buddy Naz always talks to me about some of the playtest stuff that's going on. Like, oh, hey, this happened and this happened. You, you have to know your, your buddy's like, oh, hey, that thing you hated? Like, oh, you thought playing a druid was too complicated? Well, here's what they did. is They actually made it so the druid just turns into an animal form and then you sort of call it whatever the hell you want and the stats don't really change, so it's super easy. You know, less about the nitpicky mechanic-y of it, more about the fun and flavor of it. You know, you sell them on that, on, on that kind of thing. And then you get abilities, so like, you know, if you've got climbing and all, you just choose a climbing animal. Ethically, I cannot sell one D&D. It's the whole new topic, huh? Teach their own. They think it's a good idea? It's going to be a good idea. We'll see. All I can say is that it feels like they are... Hey, Cookie. Hey, it does uh, feel like they're doing enough uh, playtesting for it, so we'll we'll see how that goes. But yeah, so you just gotta you, you just gotta understand the benefits of whatever you're selling and try to sell it. Two done. Nice. Two done. I think I'm going to try to do something different next. Beef dips? I don't know what that is, but that sounds good. Is that like a French dip kind of a thing? What time is it? Yeah, I'll go. I mean, beef dip sounds like something you put some nice, hearty, like, fucking French bread that's just nice and crispy on the outside into and just nom 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 yeah. nom And we're talking about food again. <laughs> and now I'm hungry. I didn't want to start anything new. Oh, man. Um, which, by the way, I'm getting two more Judgment Muddles coming in. The last two that I need for my uh, group. Because um, got, they got some new ones coming out, but they're not out yet on the market. But my leader, or my avatar model, and a spellcaster I wanted for my god. So, I'm like, they were supposed to come in yesterday. They didn't. Um, and so they'll be coming in Monday. Awesome. I just can't wait to see. Can't wait to put them together. So from another standpoint of getting back into a game, from the I'm the one getting into it, someone's already sold me, that's it's tough. You really need to get probably on the internet because your buddy can probably tell you what you need to buy, but you're probably going to go in there and figure out what you actually need to buy. Do you need the rule book? What's the best way to get the rule book? You know, maybe it's gone 40K and now the rules are online. You don't need a rule book. You can get a PDF for free and then you can spend all your money on more stuff, which is good because your stuff's expensive. You know, you can, you need, uh, you probably should be picking out what you want to play, getting some experience in the game so you can build an army and, and, in a rare statement, just buy what you need for your army to start. Uh, that's crazy talk. I know. <laughs> but that is actually the best way to get into a game is just buy what you need initially. And then as you get that done and want to add more stuff in, then you can add more stuff in. I mean, that takes a level of self-control I don't have, but I'm sure someone out there could do that. 
you know, like uh, the guys are going to play 40K. So I'm like, what do I have for 40K? And I'm like, okay, I have this, figured out what I have, what I would need to paint in order. And then looking like, okay, I'd like this and this and this, but I don't want to go crazy and buy. I don't need it right now. So I haven't pulled the trigger on any of it. But it's a lot better to do some research. You know, it's the miniature buying version of measure twice, cut once. You just look at your list. You keep making lists. Go, do I actually need this model? Does it actually really need to be there when you maybe have enough? Maybe you have too much. Ah, uh, what? Too much of yeah. miniatures? Yes. <laughs> where, where, where is that line? Oh, boy. <laughs> it's really hard to see. You really go from having enough to holy fucking shit where did all these come, come from, from real quick <laughs> yep you know mine for marvel crisis protocol was doing fine doing fine then that one guy on facebook was like hey look at this great deal of miniatures i'm like well that is a huge fucking deal so i have to get that got it and then suddenly i'm like oh god i'm like 15 boxes behind now yep oh so it's it's difficult, and I would say getting into a game like my buddy Frank's getting back into uh, BattleTech. He's looking at models. He's like, okay, I'm gonna like figure out what faction I want to play. Only buy the stuff that works for them. You know, going really hard. Not like Gonzo who buys models and like I need to find a faction that fits all these models. <laughs> all right, now I need to switch out some of the models I had and get some different models. Because I need but more that models. Actually, is a way the way the way Gonzo did his BattleTech was fine. He's, he's like, this is what I need, this is what I got, paint it, and then like, I actually need to tweak some stuff based on some games and all I've played, and some theory crafting, I'm sure. Oh, yeah. And then he changed them out, and got some models and painted those. That's that's the a better way to do it. Yeah, I mean, going through a new edition, because that, that, that's the one thing I'm seeing right now, is we've got 40K's got a new edition, War Machine's got a new edition, um... There's a couple other games that are doing small tweaks and such because technically Infinity's got a new edition. Yeah, there's new stuff coming in, and it's and it, you've you've got to be honest with the people that you know. Yes, you can use your old models. Uh, no, you can't use your old models because uh, GW got rid of them, so you can't buy those models anymore. Um, type thing or generally yeah. speaking, there's very few models anymore that GW straight says you can't use. Correct. Yeah, but if you're... It, they made that mistake once. Yeah, um, but you know, you, and you should be honest, and you should do a demo of it going, here's, you know, bring this, we'll show you, I'll show you how it works now compared to where it worked then, and we can go from there. Uh, and you could tell them, you know, you, okay, you've got this list, this is how you build, you know, here's a list that you can build, here's what you play, this is what's changed, um, here's how things are going to work. And, and it also could be the the tournament Check scene. Out YouTube. Yeah. And, oh yeah. Definitely. If if you're gonna see something, you're like, oh, the tournament scene has changed, where it's less, you know, tournament and more narrative play that people are playing. Because uh, there has been a big change I've noticed, not only between myself but other tos and other convention goers, that for the most part, um, uber competitive events just aren't selling out anymore. But the strange, weird, fun narrative, and when I put fun around it, everybody knows what I mean, uh, are selling out more because a lot of people just don't want to have the time to deal with hardcore tournament play. 
Um, so, someone said something to me. A good friend of mine told me the reason why she came to Warfare Weekend is because she can get a steamroller tournament anywhere. She can't get these fun events at her local store and all these random fun things happening. And I'm like, okay. And that's the reason why they're like, that's the reason why the narrative event at Warfare Weekend sold out in seconds. Uh, mm-hmm. That's the reason why all these smaller events are selling out super quick. Because um, I can go anywhere and get a steamroller. But I can't go everywhere and play, you know, different scenarios or the narrative events with this huge fucking dragon that Privateer Press has printed out um, for the narrative event. Can't get that <clears throat> at my local store. So. No, true. Knowing what type of game you want to play and where you can play, it's important. You know, getting into something like, let's say, Battletech and going with classic Battletech stuff is all well and good until you realize your local store is only playing Alpha Strike. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Make sure you know that. Yeah, Captain Mizzy makes a point. The Battletech draft, uh, they're doing the Battletech. You know, it's Alpha Strike, but it's Battletech draft. You open up a box, take one model, pass it on uh, type thing. And I... Mm-hmm. I mean, it's like a draft event for Magic. I always like the draft events at Magic more than I like the major tournaments because, hell, I can open up a pack, have some cool shit. It's random. It's different. It's To me, that was yeah. fun. So, drafts have always been the best, the most fun way to play Magic since they were invented. That's why the Transformers TCG drafts were always super fun. Honestly, the Marvel Christ Critical draft event, we draft thing we did was fun. It's just cool quasi-challenging without people having to be... I mean, I hate to say it. It's not like tournament players are dicks, but without people having to be dicks. <laughs> you know? Some people just can't turn it off. And it's it happens. So, there you go. The basic thing, getting back to a game, research. Do your research. Yeah. yeah it'll be interesting, because like I said, Conventions are starting back up. People are starting to come out more. People are starting to go back to the store more. Things are, and, and I put quotes around normal, getting kind of back to normal, but there there are more people willing to go out and do things. So yeah. waiting to see that. And I, I want to see more cool, fun things. I mean, heck, our Infinity events, both Infinity events that we're running, or I'm not, I'm not running personally, but it's happening are fun narrative events or fun different events. And everybody's like, fuck yeah, let's go for it. For, for a crunchy game like Infinity, fun events are always more interesting. You know, I've talked in the past about the old, uh, their whole boxes of where they came with the scenario and all. You, you come in, you get the code, download the scenario that uses the models and all in there. They were always much more interesting than the regular events. Yeah. Than a regular, you know, less cookie cutter, more lopsided but interesting well, there's one where you had to be cooperative with with your opponent for a bit until you get to a certain point didn't you stab him in the back oh yeah you don't have to actually you could both just go through but you might have to just because points yeah but you know in a day full of events you could be like you know what i got i maxed out the score in the first event i can i don't actually have to be crazy with my opponent in the second event I can, you know, take out the turrets and get as much points as I can without having to become aggressive towards them. That's also interesting fun. Yeah, because I I brought that up to someone. um, There was an industry person that told me that they're seeing that that their uber competitive events for their game 
are just not selling out and they're finding out that the smaller points fun events are selling out and people are playing that more. And I'm like, I think that's people voting with their dollar and their time because yeah. a lot of people don't want to go to a convention, pay 75, a hundred bucks and play only one or two rounds. Well, it, it's an ebb and flow. And it, I feel like after so much time of not going to events, a lot of the super competitive people moved on to games that they could still do. Yeah. And then the other people were like sick of it. Like, I don't like, I met people who played tournaments who just didn't want, like, I don't know why they showed up, honestly. Like maybe they expected to be more like having fun games. Maybe we showed up and I'm like, this is a tournament, dude. Like, I don't know what you were expecting, but we'll have fun. You know, that's the best thing about losing first round is you can get that fun second round. <laughs> Hell, the Nerd? team tournament that basically got me out of a fucking uh, War Machine of Hordes. The first round, like, first round was fine. Second round, the guy spent 45 minutes figuring out how to kill my cash. And I'm like, I actually don't want to play this game ever again. <laughs> the third round was someone who was just having fun. It was a fan of the podcast. I'm like, yay! And we had fun. Sorry. Sorry. Gonzo? I was going to say, ahead. Nerd, what, what games have you gotten back into? Or have you? I haven't really. Like, I'd like to get back into Pathfinder. Oh, I like Pathfinder. Uh, you read Pathfinder, I'll play edition? it. Uh, I only know first edition. Oh, I got second so, edition. So, like, I would have to re <clears throat> reaccumulate books regardless because I got rid of all of my... Okay. That's fair. One book. The Pathfinder Second Edition is huge and has a ton of stuff in it. And you, okay. you, you, you might want to get like the you know, the monsters manual, but it's not like you couldn't use oh, other no. stuff. Oh no, 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 no! I'm not meaning to run it. I want to play it. No, 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 no! You're running it. Yeah. Okay. And, and, I, I guess. And how nerdy <laughs> you see what happens every time I want to get play a game. Yeah, they're the the oh, whole. Says second edition's new printing soon. Mm. I've never played Pathfinder, but since it's basically, we always joke it's D and D three point seven five. I'm sure it would catch on pretty quick. Forever GM fight, yes, Missy. <laughs> yeah the uh, the first the printing the second edition printing they have right now is uh, only forty two dollars, so it's not bad. For a book, but I'm that's sure fine. You, can, you can find for a core book. That's not fine. But yeah, way. yeah, that's not bad at all. Type thing. So, uh, let's go and get to the media section since John says he has like ten things to talk about today, um, and we'll need the whole thirty minutes to do this. Didn't say that at all. So we'll see what we can do. Um, like I said, I think I have seven total things. I actually have one, two, three, four, five, six, seven things to talk about, but not all of them are movies. Gonzo, I think you need to uh, check yourself there. Not all of them are movies, and not all of them are uh, shows. There you go. (laughs) I was waiting for it. (laughs) I was talking about the years, not the movies. I know. I was waiting for it. So, uh, let me go with my first one. I started to watch a new series because I needed something on uh, while I was working on the Avatar um, RPG, building the, getting the pre-made characters up, you know, that whole thing. I already know what the scenario is and how we're going to do it. 
Uh, it's got to be quick and easy because it's, you know, at a convention. Um, and I started watching a movie, and it's on, I believe it's Stars, called Shining Veil. Shining Veil is a story about a family that moves to a small town, and uh, they start experiencing, like, ghosts and all this other stuff. Uh, living in a house, and just bad shit start happening. Uh, it stars Courtney Cox, Greg Kinnear, and those are the two main, and then, you know, a, a, a cast of others. Um, it's billed as a comedy drama, and it's more of a comedy okay. horror uh, type thing. Okay. Uh, it, it's, it's got its second season coming up. Um, which is the reason I was like, okay, I'll give it a shot because the second season has started up and, um, it's not bad. It, the comedy is where it needs to be. It's not overplayed. The horror part is not like scary, you know, evil thing, but it's, you know, it's got spooky ghost stuff in it. Um, so giving it a shot, going to finish out, you know, at least watch the first season and see where it goes. Uh, Greg Kinnear is pretty funny. Um, everything's been pretty interesting. The, the, the kids are actually pretty funny. Some of the things they say, and it's just, uh, to give you a prime example, their son takes a penthouse magazine to school. And so the father has to, uh, pick him up, but the father's trying to be the cool father talking about a penthouse magazine. Um, like I used to look at this and he's holding up the magazine and stuff and just, you know, the embarrassing kid part trying to be the cool dad. And yeah, it was pretty good. There's some pretty interesting stuff on it. <laughs> uh, without spoiling and everything. Uh, so far, it's been pretty decent. I was kind of hesitant because uh, comedy horror movie. And I mean, Courtney. Tucker and Dale versus Evil. Well, there's a difference. <laughs> uh, so I'm going to fi- at least finish watching the season now and giving it a, 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 giving it a fair shake. Because uh, it, it's not hard to watch. You don't have to like pay like hardcore attention to it. But it's been at least pleasantly uh, to the eyes and ears. John? Um, my first movie is I actually watched Heartbreak Ridge, which I'd never seen. Whoa. Uh, I'd seen some clips come through YouTube. So nowadays I do a lot more just going and finding it and watching the whole thing at that point. And I enjoyed it. Uh, I, I bought it on DVD because it was like four bucks more than renting it on Amazon. And I, I don't, not disappointed I bought it, but boy, is it 80s as <laughs> fuck. Yeah, it is. Not just the content, the way the movie was made, the, the structure of it and everything was very 80s. Uh, I feel like, I mean, everyone, there's no question that Clay was the main character, but I feel like they gave his squad the wrong amount of screen time. They either gave them too little so they really didn't matter or they gave them too much but not enough. You know, some of them introduced these plot points that aren't really covered. Mm. Okay. You know, so like it's it's just weird, you know, like you know, the one guy had a wife and a kid and he doesn't have money, but that doesn't go anywhere. He gives him a little bit of money. You know, everyone's like, oh, Gunny's great. And then, like, nothing else happens with that. <clears throat> you know, I feel like they should have done a different job. Also, 
It is the most unrealistic portrayal of Marine <laughs> recruits or a unit ever. Like, I can understand they could be a little rebellious, but it was like... In a movie set, to use, to use more stage vernacular, they were playing for the cheap seats with how that squad was. Gotcha. So I guarantee you, even for the 80s, they had been fucking they kicked out of the fucking Marine Corps for that. Oh, yeah. Um, little unrealistic at points. You know, no officer, I don't care where he came from, what rank he is, is going to treat a Medal of Honor recipient with anything less than the utmost respect. Like, the Medal of Honor is a big fucking deal. Yeah. But it's enjoyable. It's, uh, it's you know, good middle-of-the-road realism, not too real. Not It's not going to be like, oh, my God, look at the, you know, not like Saving Private Ryan, blood and guts everywhere. Uh, much I still closer have never to... seen that. Um, it's a good movie. It's a really good movie. It's, it's, it's tough, though. I mean, it's not yeah. pulling any punches when it comes to it. Though I would... I think I said this before. I would suggest watching Band of Brothers instead. Yes, longer, gotcha. but it's a lot better. I've heard I've heard good things about it. Yeah, but you know this is fine. I give it two. It's it's a it's a two space herpes movie. It's fun and enjoyable, but not really groundbreaking in any fashion or anything. You know, as you don't really get new Clint Eastwood movies anymore. So being able to rediscover one you haven't seen from the past is always fun. There you go. Nerd. Uh, I only have a couple this week. Um, we'll start off with, uh, a rewatch of Revenge, or not Revenge of the Nerds. We were talking <laughs> about Revenge of the Nerds this week. Uh, no, um, Shaun of the Dead. Which okay. Is, okay. It's a totally different movie. Yeah, no, totally different movie. <laughs> I can do words, I swear. Um, yeah, Shaun of the Dead, which is absolute classic i had watched a youtube video talking about some of the special effects and how they did it and so i decided to go watch that movie again oh yeah exactly exactly and it's one of my absolute favorite favorite movies it's i'm not a big fan of zombie movies but i love my zomcoms and Shaun of the dead is like the epitome of that I am not a huge fan of zombie movies because most of the time they don't do zombies right. Shaun of the Dead does zombies yeah. right. Yes. They're not scary because they're fast or super strong. It's scary because there's so many of them. And they play them for comedic effect well. It is probably yeah. my favorite zombie movie. Yeah, same. Uh, I give it zero space herpes. <laughs> it's a good one. It's a good one. Gotcha? Uh, um, I started another series uh, with... Uh, Missy and Erica, uh, when I come over so we can, you know, have something to watch while we're eating or, you know, whatever. And, uh, it's on Apple plus and it's called lessons in chemistry. Uh, lessons in chemistry okay. is, is a mini series, um, about a female chemist played by Brie Larson. Um, oh, yeah. in the sixties. Um, and she like gets fired and becomes a, home cook or you know has a cooking show back in the 60s early early 60s i thought you're gonna say she starts cooking meth and all i'm like wait a minute that's a different series i know um but she (laughs) she becomes you know a uh cooking show host uh type thing and so we've only watched like a few episodes um and it's cute it's nice it's not horrible 
It's not uh, the 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 style of the movies done or the shows done really well. Uh, based in the sixties, done really well. Especially you know like you need to join the so and so's office pageant and become one of the pageant girls because you know that's what we do in the sixties and we highlight and they were like you should show more skin you would get more votes and I was like you I could see your just like cringing like oh man oh man yeah. Those are weird because I'm not cringing because it's done poorly. I'm cringing because, fuck. Yeah. <laughs> the 60s were misogynistic as fuck, and it's not, it's really not yeah. okay. No, it isn't. And that's, yeah. that's the reason why, I mean, you look back on it, and you're like, that was acceptable behavior um, type then. And it, you know, we, we're, you know, better now. Or we, we believe that everybody should be better now, but it was... Societally, we are better. Just not everyone... Yes. Just, yeah, just not everybody. Maintained, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, and so there, there's those scenes where I'm just walking, and I'm like, fuck, yeah, that, that's an asshole thing, you know? Um, but it's got a cute little romance going on between two chemists. Uh, it's got, you know, some stuff going on. Hold and, on, hold on. Would you say that they have... Chemistry? chemistry? Chemistry. <laughs> um, you popped that one up. I had to. Yeah, and 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 so there, oh, there's there. It, it's been pretty decent. It's entertaining. Um, I'm curious to see how it goes because it is a miniseries. Once it's over, it's done. They're not going to do you know anything big. Um, so I'm having fun with it. Um, I I'll find there's a, a lot of things that are good like that. Yeah, you know, they'd be better as just a miniseries. Doesn't need to be. You know, like a band of brothers or like a Chernobyl or like whatever. Yeah. Like this. Like you can just tell a story and be done. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. Just yeah. let it go. Yeah, but he had watched Chernobyl and says it fucked him up a little bit at the end. Oh, yeah. Oh, I still need to watch Chernobyl. Yeah. It's so good. So good, but so wrong. Yeah. yeah. It's, but it's good. Um, but I mean, I'm, I'm enjoying it. It's, it's, it's not a bad, I like the style that it's done in the, the clothes, the art, the setting, the sets and stuff like that, uh, is all really nice. Um, there's a little bit of, I, I saw certain things coming in the show, uh, but that's just me. Um, but I'm enjoying it. John. I watched one off my watch list that people had spoken highly of called two guns which is uh, Denzel Washington and Marky Mark. Okay. Can I still call him Marky Mark or should I call him Mark Wahlberg? I see he's still Marky Mark in my heart. He's still Marky Mark. Um, <laughs> Anyone over a certain age, he's still Marky Mark. <clears throat> and the whole idea is it starts off, they're both criminals, you know, working for, you know, freelance for a drug lord. But turns out they're not actually criminals. They're both undercover. One's DEA, one's a fucking... Uh, Navy intelligence or some such shit. And, you know, they're both trying to get to the same thing, and, and there's more story to it, but you know some movies you're like, you get that great cast, and they just fucking carry it? This would be they got this great cast, and somehow it's still not as good. <laughs> it, it is it is less than this part, because it's got like, uh, you know, uh, a bunch of a bunch of name Edward James almost as a as a crime boss, uh, a quick appearance by Fred Ward as an admiral, which is great. I've seen Fred Ward and things. Um, that's uh, Remo Williams for those who get home. Um, and it has a solid cast, just never really hits there. Apparently, it's based off a comic book. Hmm. 
Okay. I realized till the end when I was seeing the credits, I'm like, oh, okay, interesting. Uh, I don't know what else the director has done, but it was competently directed. It just was never great. Fun parts, some interesting parts, but just never quite got there. Also, they tell a little bit of order, which I don't think is worth it with a lot of movies. Uh, sometimes it's worth it, sometimes it's not. This was not. So I can tell out of order, I can tell this whole scene, then they go back, and it's like, they go back like a day or two, and it's not even like a bunch of interesting, you could have told it in order, I just don't know. It's a sign of a writer who didn't know how to start a movie. Mm. But it was fine. I mean, it's, it's two space herpes, it's enjoyable enough. I mean... I'm going to go on a limb and saying Mark Wahlberg is not always good. No. Sometimes he comes off very wrong. I mean, Denzel carries way more. Edward James almost in the parts he's in is great. It's just, I feel like Mark Wahlberg was the wrong choice for this movie. He and Denzel have okay chemistry, but it's not, like, great. Gotcha. I feel like Mark Wahlberg's much better as solo leading man or leading man with someone who's much below him. You know, like I always think about Shooter. Shooter's great. Mark he plays to Mark Wahlberg's strengths. But then this just not... I don't know. I feel like there's a lot of people who could have done it better. But two, uh, two space herpes, enjoyable enough. It's free on Amazon Prime right now. Nerd. Uh, I rewatched The Suicide Squad. Not Suicide Squad. The Suicide Squad, which is the James Gunn Second version. One? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, now having watched uh, Peacemaker, I decided to go back and rewatch The Suicide Squad. And it's still kind of a hit or miss movie for me. I still enjoyed it overall, but I don't know. It just felt. This is. It, it felt like James Gunn needed needed someone to tell him when to throttle it back. Yeah, yeah. A lot it of it's really excessive. good and interesting or funny, but some and, of it's just like, who, what? Yeah. 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 So I give it like, I don't know, one and a half space therapies. Yeah, the moments that hit hit. Yeah. Peacemaker versus Flag is a is fucking great. Oh yeah. But, like, and it sucks because you take someone who was kind of not a great character in the first one and you make him much better in the second one and then he killed him and like fuck stop doing that yeah Granted, though I am one of the bigger fans of the first one I don't know that I like it better than the second one I feel they're about equal if you watch the extended yeah. edition of the first one yeah like I I've seen both. I prefer the second one, but they're, I consider them both about as good as the other, just in different yeah. ways. I feel like if you watch the extended version of the first one, it's better, because you got a lot more Harley Quinn fucking with people. Fair. Uh, you prefer the Suicide Squad over Justice League? I mean, Justice League, I think, is the epitome of a mediocre movie. Is it great? No. Is it terrible? No. Is it fine? Yeah, it's fine. Did I fall asleep I call... during it twice? Yes. Oh, well, you read it lower. I mean, I just called this league like a two space RP. It was fine. It, you know, it was a few Now, are we, we t- to prove it. Go ahead. Are Go ahead. we talking not... about the, uh, not the Zack Snyder cut? Okay. I watched the Snyder cut. I don't have time like that ever again. Yeah. <laughs> it, I'm not going to say it. it wasn't worse or better. It's just unfucking necessary. 
all it proved to me was that Zack Snyder should not be allowed to make superhero movies like that. I am totally excited for Rebel Moon, his whole solo movie thing series he's yeah. doing in his own universe. I like I want to see what he does with that. He's a talented director. But fuck keep him the fuck away from superheroes. He don't fucking know. No. Granted, I don't necessarily think that Joss Whedon was the right person to punch it up for that, but you know. No. Definitely. Given his not. pedigree, he did the Avengers, they're like, well, let's get Zack Joss Whedon. Like, okay, cool. But uh, yeah. Oh, okay. he means the cartoon Justice League, the squad from the animated versions. Okay, fair. No. Oh. So let's let's be honest. DC animated has been pretty top notch for a while. Yeah. Really good job with that. So. But one and a half seems about fair for that. Yeah, that's one thing. Marvel does better live action. DC does better animation. Absolutely, in my opinion. Which I was for a I was walking bit. through. I was walking through. Where was I? Best Buy the other day, and they had Mask of the Fan out, and I was like, "Well, there's oh, a wait. throwback." They had the steel case of it. I'm sorry, you mean the best Batman movie? I will not it take is the any ads. Yeah, absolutely, the best Batman. It is the in order best Batman movies. Mask of the Phantasm, Batman Begins, Batman Michael Keaton. Yeah. And we're all talking zero space herpy threesome there. But yeah. the Mask of the Phantasm hits all the Batman notes so good. Batman Begins is just a great origin story. And from there, Nolan takes it not comic book, which is fine. Would never say The Dark Knight's a bad movie. Just don't like it. Yeah. And Michael Keaton Batman just it's classic. But yeah. I love Mask of the Phantasm. I've seen it in theater twice. I've owned it on Blu-ray. Or I've owned it on, I've owned it on Blu-ray. I've owned it on DVD. I owned it on, on videotape. Well, that was also at the height of man, the animated series, which was also just so good at the time. Yes. One of the best. Yeah. I guess we let Gonzo talk again. <laughs> yeah. I'm sorry, Gonzo, uh, did you want to say something? No, never. <laughs> don't, don't give a crap. Um, so a series I've watched uh, for quite a while, uh, it's fine. it finally had its series finale. Uh, probably could have ended one season early, but it was okay. Um, I was watching, and it's on Stars, I believe, called Billions? Billions is oh, a story. My husband's been watching that. Yeah. With the guy from uh, Band of Brothers. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Is that the million character? Um, One of them. Yeah. Billions is a story about a district attorney that's trying to take on big business people that make billions. Yeah, uh, Damian Lewis. Yeah. Yeah, Damian Lewis. Uh, yep. Paul Giamatti is the other is the other oh. main. Uh, Thank character. you. I was trying to remember his name. Yeah, I couldn't remember his name. I like him a lot. I like Paul Giamatti a lot. I mean, Paul Giamatti's great. Yeah. Um, and the series started off, you know, good guy versus bad guy, uh, you know, trying to do what's right, and then it just keeps going and going and going. And eventually, it's uh, the bad guys are winning because they have the money behind them. They have the influence. They have the power. Uh, sort of like our society now. And uh, eventually, it comes through. Um, but there's some really good parts to this series. I enjoy it. I really like Damien and Paul in this. They're very good characters in it. Uh, highly, highly recommend them. 
Um, it's just that sometimes you just can't, you know, get behind some stuff because these are the uber rich people and you know, they do this <laughs> to fuck with people. Um, there's another you're character. Your, your inherent fuck the 1% gets in the way of enjoying it. Sometimes. Yeah. Sometimes. Well, that's fair. Um, that's fair. uh, Corey stole, I think is his name. Uh, he played another main character the last two or three seasons. Was really the guy good. Played Yellow Jacket. In the yeah. Movie. Yeah. Uh, but the one that I really liked, there was a character, um, David Costable. He plays a guy named Wags, and he's like the second in command. And he, you would is, know his face. Yes. Like if you see him, you would. He's in so many series. Yeah. He was. He was my favorite character. Of everything because he was just so fun. His character that was wrote amazing lines for him he was such a douchebag and a dick but it was like the right kind of douchebag and dickery um i really enjoyed the series um it was really really good i enjoyed uh like i said at, at the very end it was kind of getting to me because i'm like man i don't want to deal with you know this one percent shit uh, because some of the things that they were talking about is stuff that's happening and it, they're meant to. They're, it's not like they were like throwing it in our face going, ah, ha, 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 ha. They were like, no, this shit is actually what happens in real life um, type thing. And, I mean, I enjoyed it. I thought it was a good series. I thought it was fun. Um, it, there, were, there, was, there were some parts in some of the seasons you're just like, ah, I don't care about this storyline, the way they're going it uh, type thing. But I, I recommend it. I would give it like... One and a half, maybe pushing a two, and I think that's just because of the time we're living in right now. If this was, if they had done this like seven or eight years ago, it wouldn't have affected me so much. But yeah. uh, I enjoyed it; thought it was good. Uh, it was fun. I always love Paul Giamatti; he's always great to watch. Uh, Damien yes. had to actually stop uh, being in the series for like two seasons because he was taking care of family manners. Uh, matters and so he left the series and it changed the whole story and then he came back for the last season to totally become a totally badass fun person on here and uh it's also a story of two enemies getting together to destroy another enemy that they both hated and it was interesting and fun because there there was like the last season was like an oceans 13 type thing where they were like plotting the demise of another rich person and how they were going to do it. And then it all comes together in the last episode and you're like, yeah, fuck you <laughs> type thing. Uh, so I enjoyed it, John. Um, Oh, for my last two out real quick, I watched the first episode of Loki of Loki season mm-hmm. two. Enjoyed it. Yep. It was, try and get through what I can maybe catch up. We'll see. And then, uh, uh, Another one where I started watching, starting seeing clips of an NCIS episode, so I just went and watched the whole episode since I have, you know, Paramount Plus and all that. And uh, it was, I don't know, season fucking 11, which is well beyond what I've seen. <laughs> but the good thing about shows like that, to a point, you can just jump in and it's all good. You know, most of the main characters were still there, so it was all good. It didn't bother me. It was still you know, Gibbs and Tony and McGee and oh, everyone. So it was it was all familiar faces. It's fun to be able to walk into a series like that, watch an episode, and be like, oh, that was cool. And it was the first uh, appearance of one of the, I guess, characters that was in for a short term or a long term, couple seasons, Ellie Bishop. And I've just seen some stuff, and I, I enjoyed it. thought they wrote a wrote her fairly well for the first episode. 
her peculiarities and all. She did a good job of showing them off. And a little, you know, standard for them. Though, where she's like, of course she's an ace in everything she tries, just socially awkward. What? <laughs> if only autism was just like that. It's exactly how she's it is. autistic, but she's 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 just peculiar and all. But I, I enjoy it. Uh, and I, I tell you, like when you see that stuff, just watch an episode. That's that's what some of these. That's the wonder of an episodic series. You can come in, know where it is, and know like the because there's always nowadays there's always some continuing things that come in. You'll know what characters are going. Okay, you know, you know, Director Shepard's gone, and and you know, Ziva's gone. But you can jump in. Some of the main characters are still there, and you can watch it and enjoy it. And I think at the point where you jump into a series and you don't recognize most of the characters, that's the point where you're like, yeah, maybe you should have sent it to the series. Yeah. You know, because like now it is, if I jump into a, a current and say, yes, there's going to be no Gibbs. Obviously, no Ducky, rest in peace. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, it's it's McGee and Ducky's assistant. And, you know, Abby's not Abby. there anymore. Oh, uh, Abby's not She's there. gone. Yeah, she left a while ago, yeah, a couple seasons ago. Okay. And then uh, director Vance is still there, and I like him, Rocky Carroll, actor. I, I enjoyed him. I thought he was a much better foil for Gibbs than director Shepard. But I kind of think you can jump in and enjoy it. But at some point, you're like, oh, maybe I can't. And I've thought about rewatching the whole series, but who's got time to watch like fucking 18 seasons? Yeah. The only thing more painful would be rewatching all of fucking Law and Order or Law and Order SBU, both of which are longer running than fucking NCIS, which is scary. Well, it's a good episode. I enjoy it, but I do suggest just jumping in and watching the whole episode. You see a clip or something you like? Let me watch that whole episode. I know you did, Banyan, but you don't have a life. <laughs> <laughs> yes, Banyan, technically, if you look at the first episode to the, to the, to, to whatever, that all of the original cast leaves. That's also because um, uh, Ducky's second uh, assistant and McGee were not original cast. Yeah, fair, fair. But that's a good one, you know. Like you, if you decide to like him, you or like me, if I want to watch it, you can just watch an episode a day. We can all make an hour, right, to watch what you want to watch. But there you go, yeah. enjoy it, give it a shot. Um, nerd, got anything else? Nope, nothing else for me. Uh, I have some more. Well, who knew? So, it's really got like two minutes. I'm going to give uh, a quick one. I finished Spider-Man 2, uh, on the, the, the one on the PlayStation. Um, cool. I enjoyed it. Um, I enjoyed it a lot. thought it was really good. Good story. Um, I'm not going to spoil anything because the ending had some good spoilers. Um, not only for the story, but what the next game is going to What's going to happen in the next game. Um, cool. I really, really liked it. If you want to know the spoilers, get with me. I'm not going to say it on here because I know some people are still playing it. But if you want to know uh, what's going to happen in the next game or where the next game is going to go, uh, let me know. Uh, gameplay, uh, it was good. Combat was really fun. Uh, not any major issues. Um, the mini games that they had all through it, they weren't that bad. There was one, last, the last one I hated playing the mini games because they were just so annoying as fuck. Um, mm. Uh, I, I'm not going to go for a platinum reward on this. I don't care about getting all the other stuff on it. I just want to play the game, have fun, be Spider-Man, wear cool costumes, beat up people, you know, do things like that. Um, which is that what I was expecting of it. Gorgeous game. 
a lot of cool things were happening in it. A lot of cool uh, scenes. Whenever you're doing a you know a certain combo and like you and Miles go together and beat up and like as you're both hitting somebody flying past each other they're both like thumbs up at each other and you know <laughs> <laughs> you know just stupid shit like that made the game worth it. Um, yeah. And, and, and it's interesting because there's other people that you team up with in this and you do fun shit like that and you're like that was cool. Uh, there's a suit that you get from the first Spider-Man uh, from the Miles Morales where you get the cat in the backpack, which is actually Spider-Man in the game. But it's a cat in the backpack wearing a Spider-Man mask. And when you do a special maneuver, the cat jumps out of the backpack and smacks the bad guy you know, with its paw and then jumps back in the backpack. And I mean, just shit like that is just fun. Um, uh, speaking of cats and backpacks and Spider-Man, I have a mini that I might need to have you print for me. That's the cat in the backpack. <laughs> Some of the STL. Uh, I'll it's, get it Miles to you. it's Miles Morales with the cat in the backpack. Yeah. Oh yeah. STL. Yeah. I, I played with that outfit for quite a while because it's, it's such a good one. Um, uh, but I mean, it was good fun. I enjoyed it. Uh, I can't wait for the next one. I think the next one will probably be the last one. Um, because of the way that they're going with the series, which I'm cool. I don't have a problem with if a video game series ends and gives us an ending to a story uh, and maybe spins off another one that's not, you know, this. I'm okay with. Um, sure. But there was a lot of spoilers at the very end of it um, type stuff. So I enjoyed it. I give it half a space RP because there was a couple of things that were just a little annoying, but not much. But it was a good, solid fun. Wor- worth the money for the game. 100% worth the money. So Awesome. Uh, I think that's it. I think we're done. I have other things to talk about, but we don't have time for that. We're nope. out of time. And it'll be, what, two weeks where we're again? Because next week yep. is Warfare Weekend? Yep. Next weekend is Warfare Weekend. I will release the episode uh, past the paint water for everybody. Um, and get that out to everybody uh, before I leave. I'll probably post it up tomorrow or something. I don't know. Um, that way it'll be out on there. There'll be a video and audio recording so you can watch either one of them. Um, other than that, I think that's it. Guys, like usual, please take care of yourself. Uh, please make sure you're taking care of yourself, uh, not only physically, but mentally, socially. Um, people are starting to get sick now, uh, cause it's that season time around and COVID's kind of jumping back up. Please be careful. Around people, make sure they're okay. Yep. yep. Um, like always, if you see something, say something, if you can do something, do something. If you can't find someone that will, if you hear something, step in and do something about it too. So for more than dice, I'm Gonzo. I'm John. I'm nerd. Good. Night. We're going to send you off to the painting dad. I should just give them a good follow and like whatever. Always nice to support people. <laughs> <laughs>